0: The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now,
1: but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never going to be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh, yeah. That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're going to set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot bitch, We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee. Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, universe, A. Hey. This is Universe B, call it, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Hey, hey, everybody. It's me, Napoleon Doom, here with Horogasm today, and we are talking to Gabe Valentin of Digital Lizards of Doom. Hi, Gabe. Woo!
0: What's up,
1: Nat? Not too much. Having a good day. Very excited to hear from you again. And the people at home might be asking themselves, what are Digital Lizards of Doom? Well, we have a little video that's going to explain that for you.
0: Ooh, yeah, there's my homeworld of Kraglodon where I grew up. And there's me and my bestie Klugis. She's always giving me crap about something. Oh hey! Welcome new homies! My name is Dizzy Doom, and I'm one of the heroes, nah, the best hero of the Digital Lizards of Doom universe. I guess I'm supposed to give you a tour of the D-Lod world, huh? Creator and writer Mr. Gay Man Dude has built this beautiful love letter, to Saturday morning cartoons, video games, and science fiction movies. Ernie Nahara brings me and my crew to life with his mighty pencil and inking skills. And Margo Pro Dawn makes us look like cool cat city slicker butt kickers. Speaking of cats, here's my pirate friend Fat Cat Rogers. Yeah, he's a cyborg cat pirate, kinda tight. Okay, let me tell you more about what makes Digital Lizards of Doom so rad. For one, the entire adventure takes place in a fictional world that exists in a virtual tablet where the reader gets to experience the story from the point of view of the characters and their communication in a text-to-text format, complete with their own emoticons so every emotion is clear and precise. Nextly, the entire world is built and set up like an adventure RPG, a place that feels ever-evolving yet linear in its storytelling, with purpose, attention to detail, and a strong focus on character growth. Even nextlier, each book will play out like an adventure game, where the focus remains on the title character of the book. For example, Book 1 or Level 1 being Dizzy Doom, me, Level 2 being another character, and so on and so on. The story will proceed as it's read, but each main character will have their moment to shine. And lastliest, Digital Legends of Doom has its own band! The band brings a Saturday morning style adventure into venues all over the world, where attendees can battle for justice with myself, Dizzy Doom, or join the evil robot Commander Echo, Each month, the band produces new content that brings a whole new level of storytelling, never before witnessed in any physical or metaphysical books. Enjoy this epic fantasy adventure for the laughs and the thrills, or dig deeper to uncover the mysteries that will either spell out victory or certain doom. All right, well, I'm gonna go get back to eating pineapples and saving the universe. See you around, Hemmys.
1: Wow. So that is really exciting. Very cool. So it's really just like a full immersive experience. It's a comic book. It's a band. You've got puppets. You've got interaction. It's uh wow, you've created this whole world, haven't you, Gabe?
2: I um I I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, you know, the all the characters and stuff kind of live up here in in my head. So this is just a way of kind of getting them out there and uh (laughs) trying to get them to stop yelling at me all the time so yeah no
1: I totally feel you when did you first become aware of these characters crawling around inside of your head
2: so probably back in 2012 I Mm want to say um and I was trying to get into comic book writing and so I was like you know what's the best way to Got into writing. Well, I should probably have a book, so I started writing uh, this story, and it was just—it was called "Digital Lizards of Doom," and I just wanted to have this. Um, I, well, I've said this a couple times in other interviews too, but I, I just wanted to have this, even down to the name, have a homage to all of the stuff that I grew up loving and and reading and listening to, and so "Digital Lizards of Doom." in itself as an homage to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so I wanted to just have like, I just never wanted it to be pigeonholed. It was, it was always something that could be ever evolving. And so um, I wrote the story um, pretty much of with how it can be read now. And then um, I didn't have too much luck breaking into the comic book world uh, as a writer. So I said, you know, well, I have this story, maybe I can put some music to it and maybe that'll help beef up the awareness of it. And then, you know, once I feel like I've gotten to a certain point, maybe I can pitch the pitch the book again and be like, hey, look, all these people, you know, are already into this thing. And so I just started uh, writing music underneath the same name, uh, Digital Lizards of Doom. And then just having these little stories that, went along with what the actual book was gonna be about. And then um, the music thing kind of took off and uh, we ended up getting signed to um, an Australian record label. We started touring. And so the book kind of went on the back burner for a while, not intentionally per se, but I was just following where, where, where I felt people wanted to hear the stories. And so then we kind of plateaued at a certain point and I said, you know, like, "Oh, maybe right now would be a good time to bring this the actual book. You know, people know who Commander Echo is, they know who Dizzy Doom is, they see him at shows and they take pictures with them, but they don't actually know the story of how these characters came to be enemies." So, um so after that, I just said, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to take some time and I'm just going to finish off the book and then hopefully find a publisher, and then um, and put myself back to that grueling process of being turned down a gazillion times. And uh, and then here we are, and the book's coming out soon, so it's, it's been pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is definitely like a, a uh, labor of love. It sounds like you've been at this for a while. Now, you are signed right now with Clover Press, correct?
2: Yes, that is correct, and um, it feels weird to say because (laughs) um, uh, when I first heard about Clover Press, it was in 2018, and I wanted to – I had heard that IDW, obviously, which has Ninja Turtles and Transformers and all these things that I love, um, I actually – that was my dream publisher – and uh, I had been uh, – I just hadn't heard back from them. I had, I had submitted a couple of times, and I didn't hear back from them. And then um, I talked to somebody who, who worked there, and they said, yeah, you know, we're not really looking for anything new right now. We have a lot of uh, licenses and IPs that we don't even know what to do with as it is. So we want to make sure that those are out there and they're, they're strong, and we're going to keep making – books and stories based on the stuff that we already have. And I said, that's cool. That's that's fair. And then I you was know, kind of bummed out, but I get it. You know, They have – I mean, IDW has – I mean, they have Samurai Jack and Godzilla and uh, Star Trek and Transformers and 30 Days of Night, and just the list goes on and on and on. It's crazy. So I, I got that and I was a little bummed, but then I heard in 2018 that um, they were – going to be doing, uh, IDW was going to be launching this new company. I didn't know the name of it at the time, but um, that was going to be focusing on smaller, more independent books. So I, even though I didn't know the name Clover Press at the time, I told uh, the producer of the book, who actually used to work, his name's Chance Boren, who actually used to work for IDW, I said, get me a meeting with whatever this new company is. I I don't even know the name, but just like, can you get me a meeting? And he said, he was like, yeah, I'll try. And, you know, he reached out a couple of times and heard back, but you know, they weren't really accepting books yet. And they were still trying to figure out their stuff. And I said, okay, you know, that's fine. And, and so I just, I just started looking at other companies. And then uh, this year in 2020, um, I actually got a chance to – meet some of the, the people at Clover Press and um, they came by the booth to say how to Chance because they, um, are the, by the way, the producer of the book, Chance Boren, he's actually the first employee at IDW ever back in the 90s. He was he was employee number one, which I didn't know until Clover Press came by the booth and they were talking to him. I'm like, so what are you doing? You know, what are you working on? And he's like, oh, I work with this guy Gabe and he has this, the story and it's called digital lizards of doom he's like oh is this this the thing you know you've been talking to us about he's like yeah and i'm like i'm right here guys you know like i've been trying to get you guys to look at me and stuff and um like, yeah well let's take a look at it and so i was like well here's my chance here's my chance so i i like i took literally all of the money i had and i just tried to put together the most amazing press kit ever and um they liked it and then um i had a couple meetings with them and they had some they were like oh you know we like this we don't like that we want to do this what if we did this instead and then we did that back and forth for about a couple months and then um i got a phone call from uh who's now i guess technically my rep for clover press and he said his name is nate murray and he says yeah um We really like what we've seen and I might have some good news for you by the end of the day. So keep your phone by you and I'm like, What? (laughs) Oh, okay. And so um and then yeah, he called me later and was like, Yeah, we wanna sign the book and I just I cried and I couldn't believe it. So it was just kind of an amazing journey that like I wanted to be on IDW originally and then finding out about this new company that they they made they had and then uh I like it was like a puppy in the window you know this is back in 2018 comic-con 2018 I first heard about it and it wasn't a year later until they launched Clover Press and I was like I want that one like I want that one And, and then it didn't work out and I kept shopping for other ones but then it came back around and and um you know so that whole thing about being patient and you know trying to keep a good attitude um, which is so t- true, but as artists, it's really hard, you know, and it's really hard to be told no so many times. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's really cool. I'm, I'm really excited. So now my job is to just really make sure I knock this book out of the park and um, hopefully create a really fun, entertaining story that people can enjoy.
1: I think that's amazing. Um, I mean, really, that, that is it. Determination is the name of the game. And for creative people, because this is your heart and your soul spilled out onto the page, yeah. when somebody's like, Ooh, I don't really, I don't like it, then it just, it crushes, <laughs> crushes everything. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, good for you for just keeping at it. And uh, I mean, in San Diego, you guys are notorious. Your shows, everybody knows who Digital Lizards of Doom are. You got like this crazy fun, like you say in uh, your little commercial, Saturday morning cartoon vibe and (laughs) got a lot of eighties and nineties kids. And we woke up early on Saturday mornings to jump in there and watch those Saturday morning cartoons. And it's like reliving that part of your childhood. Uh, That's
2: awesome. I'm so happy.
1: Yeah. Um, it's just an, an amazing vibe that you guys have going on. I'm so excited for you. Now, you guys recently did an Indiegogo to help fund uh, some of the uh, printing, right?
2: Yeah, so, so that's, that's an interesting thing because that's normally not what would happen um, for, uh, well, I don't want to say it wouldn't happen. I guess, I mean, you, anybody can launch a book in number of ways these days, but we mainly did the Indiegogo campaign because of Mm -hmm. COVID-19 because just the publisher and we all just kind of agreed, like we don't know who we can count on. Um, Diamond distributors uh, had announced um, a couple, like a month or two before the campaign, they had announced that, uh, which is, for those of you who don't know, Diamond Distributors is the largest comic book distribution company in the world, and they had said that they're out of the game, that they were shutting down, so it was like the Clover Press was uh, went like, okay, so we need to do direct-to-consumer, that's what we need to focus on. We can't rely on comic book shops, we can't rely on bookstores, we can't rely on conventions, So we really need to focus on direct-to-consumer and what's the best way to do that. So um, they came up with – the Indiegogo was their idea, and I have never done one before. I've I've put money towards a lot of them, but I've never done one myself, so it was a bit daunting. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, you know, we need to make sure that we sell a certain amount of copies or else – well, we don't we don't want to talk about what else happens after that. So then I was like super scary, and I'm like, oh god, what am I gonna do? So yeah, and um, it was I threw everything I had at it. I just I tried to get all my friends to share it. Um, I I tried to get a bunch of people on Instagram that were connected to the nerd scene. Um, and different like geek fandoms and stuff like that to share it and um, we ended up doing three and a half times our um, requested goal which was ten thousand dollars we ended up doing thirty five thousand dollars which is just totally insane Um, so now everyone that worked on the book gets paid and that makes me really happy (laughs) so yeah it's it's crazy it's really bizarre
1: oh that's that's so exciting now, the music that goes along with it I know that you you have a couple different music videos where you've featured your puppets uh, and you have puppets yeah. that have been made of all the characters um now how did how did that come about? Was that something that you decided to do for a music video, or did you always have the intention of having these physical representations of your characters
2: so I always wanted to – I always wanted just D-Lot to be whatever it allowed itself to turn into. So I definitely wanted puppets because I've just – I've always been a fan of the Muppets for one. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's been a goal for a long time to have like our own little mini, like little mini puppet show, I guess. So – um uh, and we're we're working on a series right now, like a like a small YouTube series. So that was already that was already in the cards. And I wanted people to um, be able to interact with the characters, like read about them, and then interact with them, or interact with them and then go and read about them. Be like, I, I met that guy, you know. And and uh, and and also too, part of that is I don't consider myself a showman at all. Or you know, everyone's like, well, you're you're a front man and stuff. And I don't I don't like that word. Or I, I'm really. I consider myself very shy and very introverted. Um, And so, but if you're going to have a band, you need a front man. You need need someone or something that's otherworldly, that transcends that human thing. You you can't be a human up there. You got to be, you know, uh, some kind of extra, yeah, some kind of extraterrestrial being. And that's not me, or at least I don't. I don't feel like that's me. So, um, and even when I perform, I kind of have to go to a different place because I'm just not really good at that stuff. So I said, "What's the best way to to do this?" And I was like, "Well, I already have these characters. So making the characters the stars of the show um, helps me hide behind the music a bit, you know, and and it gives me kind of an escape. So." It's not really me performing. I can just be the storyteller. And then people can be focused on the characters and they can be looking for the characters when they're going to come out. And we're going to try to eventually, once we get bigger budgets and stuff, have more visuals on stage um, and more things that I, I, feel, like, I feel like I'm slowly going to be just like pushed to the back. But that's the way I want it. <laughs> and then kind of let the characters take over the show. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen the band like Tool or the Gorillas, but something in that vein where the performers, the show is is the characters and the the people who are performing the music. They're more of like the the just the band, and and that's that's kind of where like my comfort zone is. I, I would prefer to be the guy in the background making the stuff but um having the characters get all the uh all the attention i i would like i would like there to be a, a line of people wanting to take pictures with dizzy while i can go and you know just hang out and i don't people i don't want people to really want to take a picture with me they can they can take pictures of commander echo and dizzy and i want those those guys to be the rock stars and and uh i'm just the guy i'm just the guy that makes music so,
1: yeah, <laughs> you're just sort of the creative force powering it all, that's all. But yeah,
2: so well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound cooler than that, but th- so thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, now you talked a little bit about like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Muppets. Um, what were some things like when you were growing up that you? You start seeing pieces that appear in uh, Digital Lizards of Doom, uh, things that inspired you, things that you knew for sure that you wanted to try and mix into this recipe.
2: As much, like everything. (laughs) Everything. Um, So, for example, like in book one, um, our, like the, the major badass of the story, her name is, excuse me, her name is Dana Deathly, and she is a, a ninja. And when she rescu- she rescues Dizzy from a thing that happens, and um, when she rescues him, she's <laughs> – yeah, no spoilers. She says, my name is Dana Deathly, and I'm here to rescue you. And then he responds with, aren't you a little tall to be a – oh, never mind. So little things like that, like just these little – Easter eggs, even if you want to call them that, just reference this stuff that we've all known and and loved. Um, even down to there's a scene in the first book where uh, I should let me make sure I can remember this correctly. Um, Commander Echo's ship comes out of the sky, and one person says, um, "It's a it's a blob," and another person says it's a pineapple. And another person says, it's super stinky Commander Echo. And so like little references like this. So the goal is to have as many references to pop culture and comics and, and uh, cartoons and, you know, video games and all these different stories and movies that we all love. But at the same time, uh, not to rely on those things have it be its own story so you get to enjoy you get to enjoy a story but it also has these little these little uh little sweet moments I guess for for you to be like oh okay that's that's really funny that's that's from that or whatever but at the same time like we we really tried hard to not rely on just making it a like relying on that nostalgia because it's like that's not that's only going to get you so far you know that's that'll be cute for a couple pages but at the end of the day um I really want this to be a story people can like sink their teeth into so
1: now can you give us without giving too much away uh a little kind of summary of uh the plot and where we're going to be taken on uh in this first book
2: totally um so Dizzy Doom and Klugis, which is Dizzy Doom's best friend, they are known as Shokunin. And in Japanese, Shokunin means craftsman. So they're basically like craftsmen of currents. They're like whatever uh, planet they're on, they can control certain things. So it's their version of magic. Um, so they're indoctrinated a very certain way. They've never left the planet, uh, that they're, that they were born and live on. And they're, they're peacekeepers, almost like the Jedi. Um, they just, they have a code, they stick to it. They're there to protect themselves and the other planets that are around them. But this revengeful robot who was banished eons ago, um, has returned, and he, Craglodon, which is the name of the planet they're born on, um, is the last planet that's standing in his way of assimilation of all of the other planets. They're like, Kraglodon is one of the strongest planets. So they they know this thing exists, and they're basically just kind of glorified um, Guards, guardsmen, I guess. And so they're not really looking for a war. They're not prepared for a war. They just think they're going to live out their days protecting this kingdom. But this evil robot returns. And as the robot returns, Dizzy Doom starts to realize that not everything that they've been taught about their way of life, about where their planet comes from and their history um, is true. He quickly notices there's there's some plot holes in there about what they've been told to believe. So that being said, the robot does his thing, and they have to leave the planet. And so the journey is Dizzy looking for not just answers to what is true and what isn't true, but also... How to destroy this massive robot that just is way too powerful and can basically just assimilate any of these planets he wishes, um, and how to defeat this this evil. Which, by the way, Commander Echo stands for um, Electronic Killing Organism, mm. so he can just like jack into planets and take all of their knowledge and turn them. Into what he is, Manor
0: so um, the giant and then, robot
2: force. Yes, yeah. So that's that's his goal. That's Dizzy's goal is to search the galaxy um, for answers and find out how he can what what tools he needs to gather to defeat this evil.
1: Very cool. Now, one really unique thing about uh, this is uh, like you have people who do comic books, but you have a comic book plus puppets plus music. Now, you as a musician, uh, how long have you been writing music, performing music, and uh, what sort of brought this out? Was it uh, the comic book uh, birth the songs, or did the songs birth the comic book, or which way did it go?
2: I would say I've been I've been writing music since I was about. Probably fourteen, fourteen, or fifteen um, and that was the first thing I actually felt good at. I always wanted to draw, but I could never draw. I always wanted to um, I always wanted to be really good at video games so, and I was just never good at video games, so I just stuck to RPG games because I was like oh i can I can make decisions um, I feel like I'm a good decision maker so so to RPGs, so I really got into music around fourteen, and that's when I really was like, okay, I found, I think I found my thing. Like, I can do this. This is something I, I think I can do. And, um, but music has always been a way to tell a story. I always, I've always wanted to be a storyteller. Like, as when I mentioned drawing, like I just, I wanted to be able to bring people's stories to life. And I thought, I thought that was such a cool gift for people who can draw. I've just always been in awe of people who can draw. It's just like, it blows my mind that someone can take something out of their head and put it down on a piece of paper. I think that's the coolest thing. And I've never been able to do that. So, so my version of that is, is storytelling. So, um, that I, I would have to say this, the words come first and then they get turned into a song. Um, because I don't think, I don't think my brain could do it the other way I don't think because I've, I've actually had people be like oh I wrote this song but it doesn't have any lyrics can you put lyrics to it and I can come up with themes like oh this is this is a sad song or this sounds like a violent song mm-hmm. but um but for me it always starts with the words it always starts with the story itself and then that will bloom into everything else that will create the tone Of the song, you know, if it's a if it's a happy story, it'll be a happy song. If it's a sad song, it'll be a sad story. So um, that's kind of how I I go about with creating pretty much all of the art that I create myself.
1: Very cool. So yeah, and um, your your songs are uh, really uh, amazing too. Just really so much fun. It's just such a happy, like crazy, upbeat kind of music. And uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to reading the comic. I did I did contribute to the Indiegogo, so I, I should be getting one pretty soon. And <laughs> Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. Um, and uh, so I, I really like, just the, the the whole feeling and the whole atmosphere that you're creating, I think, is something that's just is something we really need, especially with things being so dark and dismal like they are right now. And uh, yeah. it's, yeah, but um, you are just uplifting so many people with what you do, with your storytelling, with your gift. And I, I think that that's an amazing thing. <laughs> so
2: Thank you so much. It's, it, is, it is a weird... It is a weird time, and I and I f- I feel like, you know, there's a couple books that I have on my shelf, actually, that I need to read a couple comics that I haven't been able to read yet because it's a little too dark right now um, for, like, what I want to read. Um, my My Hulu and my Netflix choices have been, like, Steven Universe and Adventure Time lately. Um, not a lot of super heavy stuff, but um, and uh, I don't know. I would not saying I don't like that stuff because I, I will get back to it. But um, but for now, yeah, I really just feel like there's enough. Um, I want to say a hole because I don't know if we can cuss on the show, but um, there's enough a holes in the world right now, and that's not what I want to put out. And again, for those of you who are making darker, grittier stories, I am not saying like I'm not talking down about that. I'm just saying for me and myself, what I want to contribute, um, I want to put out just stuff that takes me out of that world, out of the the darkness, out of the the negativity, and just put put something together where heroes are heroes and and they're fighting evil you know it's a very simple thing but the the villains are clear and the heroes are clear their motives are clear and you're rooting for the guys to win and you're rooting for the bad guys to lose so that's uh that's kind of where I'm at with my writing and stuff right now
1: yeah. You're, you're creating a balance in a world where we're lacking that at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now if people are interested in following your shows in following your um, comic book or a- anything else that you start to, you know, put yourself into uh, where can they find you? What's the best place for them to get in touch with you to find you online or wherever?
2: So um our website is dlodworld.com, and uh, if you sign up on our mailing list, we send you a free something. Like I think we change it every couple months, but right now I think you get a free. I think you get a free album right now, and then before you got a free T-shirt. So we'll like we kind of switch it up, but um, we're well, we're always on Instagram. Um. I've actually, I haven't been on a lot of social media lately because of just, again, just kind of like just too much noise, you know, so I've kind of been off of social media myself, but um, we have an incredible team. Um, Shout out to Dylan Davidson, who is, um, he's a genie. He, that guy is just absolute magic. And um, he is always on all all of our socials and he is um, just talking to everybody and and so you can talk to us on Instagram at uh, just Digital Lizards of Doom, all one word, or on Twitter at dlodworld, d l o d world, D-L-O-D world. Um, and then Facebook as well is just at dlodworld. And um, but I'll be back on there soon. Um, we're wrapping up. We're actually wrapping up book two right now. Um, so we're. Uh, I just finished writing book two. And we're getting ready to go into the process of all that stuff, but um but yeah, I'll be back on there soon once I feel more like peppy that might that that might be too much information but um but i don't want to I don't want to be on there like old bumming on people, you know I want to be like what's up guys so um but uh, eventually, yeah, I'll be back on there, but you can still talk to us, um Dylan's on there all the time, and um yeah we'd we'd love to. Hear some new people and see what you guys think about the little thing that we're trying to make.
1: Very cool. And we should definitely talk about the pineapple posse.
2: Yes. Yes. Pineapple posse. Um, <laughs> uh, the pineapple posse is one of Dylan's creations. And he was like, and again, I'm so bad at this stuff because I'm so bad at self-promoting. I'm so bad at um, just a lot of the, nitty gritty stuff that comes with you know making this. But um but yeah Dylan was like dude we need we need like a fan club and I was like I don't wanna it's a weird word like fan club. I don't know. And uh he's like well we don't have to call it that but we need something that people who are supporters can can come and be a part of what's going on and help us get the word out there. I was like Alright, cool. And I was like, well what should we call it, you know? And he's like, I don't know, we should call it, like, if you don't like Fan Club, we should call it, you know, like the Pineapple Posse, and I'm like, that is perfect. So, yeah, um, the Pineapple Posse is on Facebook, and we basically just send you information and give you inside scoops on things that are going to come out or going on, and then uh, we just ask you to share it with your friends and your family, and and then we're going to start doing... Uh, once events become a thing again, we can all meet in public again. We're going to start doing like special pineapple posse parties where um, it's exclusive for people who are part of the pineapple posse. They can come for free and we can all just hang out, have game nights. Um, uh, and we're going to be running, running certain venues out um, and just having our, our crew of our crew of fa- friends and family just come and, hang out and play games with us and share their books, share their stories, share their, their whatever they're playing or reading and, and just kind of build the community because community is super important and so hard right now. to It's like we don't have a community right now in person. We have to do everything online. So it's just a, it's a way so that we can all just share our art and get to know each other better and, and uh, keep enjoying all the things that we love.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Gabe. And thank you for creating something beautiful and fun and lively in a time where we absolutely need it. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking no forward to seeing thank you. Thank you book so two. <laughs> book two is Dana Deathly, right? <laughs> book three is Dana
2: Deathly. Book three is book Dana three. Yeah. If so you... it's Dizzy Doom, Commander Echo, Dana Deathly, Fat Cat Rogers, Shaky Spears, Spider Nose, Wardy Morta, and then the eighth book will be another character that uh-huh. people will probably figure out soon enough.
1: <laughs> All right, so, so. wetting your appetite a little there, guys. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, Gabe. It was amazing talking to you. All right.
2: Stay thank creative. You. Thank you so much. And and what's what's uh what's cool? What what should I be checking out at Horgasm this year? Name like name like three things. Let's
1: see. Well, there's the haunted library, which is pretty cool because it's it's not just art now. It's we we have actually writers who are involved you should definitely check out the Horrorgasm comic book, which is writing and art. So we got our own little comic anthology. It's a bunch of uh, San Diego and, oh, actually, we've got artists on the East Coast, too, who uh, come in. They contribute their stories. They all come together. And there's a whole bunch of short stories uh, that are featured in this. And uh, and then, of course, we've got art. We've got video. There's going to be presentations like dance and a lot of like more visual stuff. So oh, it's, right. it's really all kinds of art are going to be showcased for orgasm. So it's, I love it. Really great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I'll see you around orgasm guys. And all whoever's right. watching this, check out everything else where my fingers, there they are,
1: there they are. check
2: out everything else and share people's stuff. Yes,
1: all right. Take care. Bye.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Special thanks to Gabe Valentine of the Digital Lizards of Doom. If you want to check out those digital lizards, if you want to get their book, you go to Dload World. That's d l o d world and you'll find it there on Facebook, Dload World. And if you go to Twitter, Dload World as well, then you know on Instagram you can check them out at Digital Lizards of Doom, all one word. Or same thing on YouTube, Digital Lizards of Doom, all one word. Thank you so much to Savage C. Wellnar, our legendary announcer, and to Ethan McSell who composed the Umine theme song, Demilitarized Zone. It's a toe tapper. Patreon.com slash nap is where you can go if you want to help support the show or buymeacoffee.com for small one-time donations. That also helps out a whole bunch, too. You know what else you could possibly do? You could go to lostreadcomic.com. Uh, you can buy prints, stickers. There's going to be more stuff coming up pretty soon. I've been pretty busy, but you know what? You can follow us and see what I'm busy with. All the social media links will be down below. And also Creeping Wave Radio. It's going to be coming to this station. It's going to be coming at you. You mind will transform into the Creeping Wave audio drama, Creeping Wave Radio, and you'll be able to catch up with all your favorite guests and their hijinks and all the great musical bands that we have in the San Diego area and beyond. It's going to be pretty exciting, so make sure you stay tuned for that and catch up on the old episodes. Catch up. Uh, You know what? Just thanks for following. Even if you're not catching up, because uh, we appreciate you and we need people like you listening or watching or whatever you choose to do. Yeah, because uh, there's no show without you guys. There's just me screaming into a microphone for however long, and yeah. But special thanks to The Grimerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and the lovable Neil, who are our Patreons and we love them dearly because they make this happen. They make it possible. And now let us give thanks to those who have donated to our Indiegogo: Vanessa Cook Farmer, Sharon L. Marcotte, Quantel Langford, Nixie Von Rose, Ali Ross, anonymous donor, Strontium, Jennifer Cooksey, the Lords of Petoskey, Del C. Antonio, and Nick Hill. Thank you so very, very much. The U-Mind is brought to you by LucidNet Productions in cooperation with the Scary Old Man. I'm not that scary. I don't try to be, but I just am. Okay, that's fair. That's fair.
2: You don't have to find an interdimensional saloon to have a pint of alien beer with me, Chrissy Garrison. Just tune into my alien beer podcast each Thursday, and I'll share my speculative fiction stories with you. And every other week, I'll be serving up a new installment in my science fiction serial, The Multiverse Blues. Meanwhile, catch up with me at sillyhatbooks.com slash podcast. See you there.
0: This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.